reliable and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 92.3 is. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. The district committee was comprised of one high school media specialist, one high school administrator, one high school teacher, one high school parent, and one community member, each representing a different school within our district. In that final meeting, the vote was to recommend that from a 5-0, that all boys aren't blue, remain available in all high school libraries. So this is the voice of Michelle White. She is the uh, Scamby County Media Services Coordinator or Director. I'm sorry, I forget with the exact wording of the title, but uh, she's the one who heads up all the library operations for the district. And this was in the presentation about the books that they were considering, as you've heard the news report quite a bit about this in the last couple of days. So this is... This is the second part of the Monday meetings for the Escambia School Board. They did four and a half hours of committee work, then they did four and a half hours of banning books work, and then they did like four, no, four or four and a half hours again yesterday. I'm like, nobody got 13 hours to watch the school board in two days. <laughs> I'm just telling you, this is a ridiculous, this is no way to run a school uh, school district. Um, and I have my thoughts about how to fix that, by the way. Um, you'll agree when I get there. But for now, what she's doing is giving background. And really good background. Like, I love the fact that when first they did the boys, all boys aren't blue discussion, she gave the background of, you know, how this happened, how the decision was made, uh, what the law says, what law is being alleged to have been violated or what standard is alleged to be violated. And that's good. And, and the reason that's good is because the question of all boys aren't blue is very different from the question of the two children's books. Right. The Tango Makes Three and the uh, When Aiden Became a Brother are completely different questions from the question of all boys aren't blue because you know, the the allegation about all boys aren't blue is that it is, is pornography, that it's obscenity, that it's indecency because it contains explicit sexual material. And so that would be a completely different kind of violation than, for example, teaching in the classroom, which really none of these books are, but we'll get to that later, um, about, you know, for example, gender identity and sexual orientation, things that if they were used as classroom materials, clearly the two children's books would fall within that category. Well, one would, one is, a, I think you could argue about it. Um, but as, you know, just library materials, nobody's alleging either one of them contains any obscenity. So they're, just, they're totally different questions, even though all three books were under discussion the other night at the, at the meeting. So anyway, her first thing is to mention that when it comes to the um, All Boys Aren't Blue, which was recommended to be in high school libraries only, no middle school, no grade school quite right, by the way. Um, I, I mean, definitely not middle school and grade school material. Um, but for uh, you got this board of a high school parent, a teacher, a media specialist, an administrator, and then a community member to talk about it. And so those are the people who get together and talk about these ideas. And they voted five to zero to keep it inside the high schools. And then she went on to talk about, and this is, it was kind of an interesting presentation because 
She quoted from a Supreme Court opinion. Uh, she quoted from a, uh, a an analysis piece called The Value of Young Adult Literature, which was written by Michael Cart for the Young Adults Library Services Association, I think is the acronym. It's YELSA. Um, but they're a division of the American Library Association. So this is explanative. And here's what she said. And I thought this is a very interesting thing to choose to read. The values of young adult literature is in its capacity to offer readers an opportunity to see themselves reflected in its pages. Young adulthood is intrinsically a period of, of tension. On the one hand, young adults have an all-consuming need to belong. But on the other, they are also inherently solipsistic, regarding themselves as being unique, which for them is not cause for celebration, but rather for despair. For to be unique is to be unlike one's peers, to be other, in fact. And to be other is to not belong, but instead to be outcast. Thus, to see oneself in the pages of a young adult book is to receive the reassurance that one is not alone, after all, not another, not other, not alien, but instead a viable part of a larger community of beings who share common humanity. And that, that's a really interesting piece of analysis because it lays out the case for out of the mainstream narrative literature, or in this case, memoir literature, that's going to give a teen, a young adult, okay, which is not what we think of as, you know, a 19, 20-year-old, but it's really meant to be, you know, 14 to 18, high school age, uh, the opportunity to discover that somebody else in the world is like them. Now, I, I do have to quibble as a philosopher, the use of solipsistic is incorrect. Uh, there, There is a more common definition of solipsism that is kind of that self-oriented, selfish, but solipsism is a philosophical concept in which the person argues, believes that they are the only being in the universe and everybody else is a, is a figment of their imagination, a projection of their psyche. Um, it's, you know, the idea is you, you can't really disprove it, you know, because how would you give evidence for it if it's really true? But, uh, you know, it's just it's an interesting little philosophical aside. Um, I, I remember my, my, my favorite solipsism story and you're like, well, how many can there be? Oh, trust me. You know, my, one time I was, I was at a, a, a Borders bookstore a long time ago. And uh, I was I happened to be sitting there reading and the person across me was reading Henry Rollins, of all people, wrote a book called Solipsism. And, you know, I was like, oh, hey, what you reading? Like, oh, it's a book called Solipsism by Henry Rollins. And I said, oh, you know, what's it about? I knew, but <laughs> I'm curious if they understood. Yeah, he's arguing that nothing exists outside of his own mind, that everything's a projection of his own consciousness. And I said, well, do you think he believes it? And they said, I mean, he seems to. I'm like, well, then why do you write the book? For all the people who don't exist? To read it? <laughs> you know, like it's, I mean, you know, you just have fun when you're philosopher, you have fun with people. Anyway, so, but the idea, okay, the solipsist idea, again, sort of uh, uh, ordinary person level, is that they're all alone in the universe. Nobody's like them. They feel alienated from everybody, from their culture. They don't have peers. They don't live in a big enough metropolitan area where they can find other people like them if they happen to be outside the mainstream. These are kind of the arguments, okay, for literature in general, but particularly for, um, you know, acronym-oriented literature, right, that people like me are in these books. And so a book about a queer black kid, Okay, might be something that they would never experience ordinarily, but they can through the library book. That's the argument. That's that's the defense. That's the educational value argument for a book like this. 
the flip side of this, of course, is that in this book, which I have not read, and I always am cautious talking about books I have not read. I, I know enough about this book, I think, to talk about it and uh, have a position on it with even without having read it, which I'm always cautious to do. Um, but here's what I strongly suspect is true of the book. I suspect it's very effective at making, again, uh, particularly um, you know, gay kids feel understood, validated, affirmed. People might have gone through abuse. Okay, um, people have gone through some really maybe awful things, and yet it also has some f- very, very um, vivid descriptions of sexual activity, the kind of thing that should not be read by kids, period. <laughs> I mean, just that's the issue. Uh, and so, you know, what the, the committee is trying to decide is, does the understanding sort of de-alienating value of the book outweigh the prurient? disgusting stuff that's in there. Well, that's the question, right? And then, you know, is that appropriate for a school library at the high school level? Is that appropriate only for, for example, a public library, let's say? Anyway, and then there are options where they could, you know, they could make it for all ages. They can make it for middle school up. They can make it for middle school opt-in only and up. They can make it for high school and they can make it not available whatsoever. And the board had voted 5-0 to make it for high school. So, there comes a point where Kevin Adams, pretty early in this conversation, school board member Kevin Adams says, we are spending an awful lot of time doing this. And as you heard um, David mention at the top of the hour news, there's no way we're going to meet this July deadline to have compliance certification for all of our libraries. That's insane. That can't happen. There's no way we're going to get there. Let's at the very least see if we can't do a better job of processing the materials that we think are at least likely or possibly going to be violations of the law. And the way we do that is, can we not just look at what other school districts are doing and be like, hey, you know, five other school districts have already read this book and banned it. Can we can we not just say, good enough for us, let's move on? And the reason why I say that to you, Mr. Superintendent, I see a lot of other school districts that are the superintendents are going to ask because everybody knows this book is no stranger to the state of Florida on whether it's allowed in lab- libraries or not. And the superintendents are doing a lot of this work so that the tax, these citizens don't have to come out here on every book challenge. So if we got some that do not, that you know, don't meet that state statute, if it's pornographic, we shouldn't have it in the first place. So, so I, I, why don't we get ahead of this thing and try to, why don't we get ahead of this thing and remove all, everything that we know, because I, I don't want to read another one of these. Okay? I very much understand that viewpoint. I don't want to have to keep reading this nonsense. <laughs> you know? And if you're going to have to read books that are disturbingly vivid and graphic in a sexual way, can we not just say, you know what? We've seen seven other school districts read these books, and they didn't think it was worth keeping. We agree. Good enough for us. You don't have to watch, uh, maybe a dated example at this point, but you don't have to read every page of every Hustler magazine that was ever printed in order to be able to say we shouldn't have Hustler in the library, right? I mean, you can agree about that. That's an obvious point of view. Okay, same thing here. Now, the question is, is it in that category or not? Well, do you have to read every single one of them in order to know because somebody else has said, and lots of other people have said, that could well be good enough. And that's the point he's making. There's no way we can meet this July deadline, so let's move on. Now, I said earlier, 13 hours of school board meetings is um, 
absurd. I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about, you know, they're removing obscene material from the library. That's an obscene reality, right? Well, each book ought to have its due. Eh, here's my take. Okay, Paul Fetzko, who's operating as the school board chair right now. Each speaker is allowed three minutes. Mrs. Odom will serve as parliamentarian. Nope, no. No, with a packed out school board room, you should give them one minute apiece. There's no reason to give everybody three minutes. And on top of that, the school board has this policy of the time donation thing up to a maximum of nine minutes, I think is how it works. And Escambia County Commission got smart about this a while back. And I think Santa Rosa does the same thing. I don't think anybody else allows you to donate time anymore, which thank goodness, because then you'd have, I mean, you have people showing up and then five people donate them time, 15 minutes. Oh, good Lord. No, no, no. You don't let people donate time. You take away that rule and you give everybody a minute. It's what they do in Tallahassee when the room is packed because they got to get through the material. And trust me, having listened to about half of this meeting from the other night, it, it's so repetitive. It's so repetitive. You don't need everybody to have three minutes. Make your best single or maybe two points in one minute and move on. That's it. And that would shorten this meeting. This meeting, instead of being four and a half hours, would have been an hour and a half. A very reasonable time <laughs> for this kind of stuff. So anyway, they um, they had a lot of conversation. I haven't really gotten into the arguments pro and con. I was more just trying to lay out the argument for the book and sort of the you know the basic statutory question. I, I think banning this book makes sense. Th th this is a book that shouldn't be in a public school paid for by public tax dollars. It is, I think, a violation of the law. And even though I can see why it might be meaningful to some children, uh, I just think that's a that's a choice that ought to be left up to individual parents who want their kids to read a book like this. It shouldn't be just available to everybody in the high school, which is what it had been. It's it's that simple. It has nothing to do specifically with the question of um, you know being pro gay or anything like that. It's just a matter of the book being so adult content centric, um, and that being such a you know key parts of the book are just inappropriate for young people to be reading. Now, if you you might disagree, young people should be able to read anything they want. We shouldn't have these rules. Well, we do have these rules. We do have these laws. And that's that's the simple answer on this particular book. 4371620 and we'll talk more about that later on the show, but that's kind of the first pass at this topic. Hey, if you're working on a home project, a repair project, an improvement, an upgrade, whatever it is that you're doing Pensacola Hardware. Fantastic. Obviously, they have all the stuff you need, okay, and they will have it in stock. You won't have to, like, tell them to order it because if you need it, they'll have it, and if they don't have it, you won't need it. Uh, I mean, just they've been around since 1851. They know. <laughs> they know what you need. And same thing if you're a construction professional. They know, and there's all kinds of benefits to you if you work on building things for a living. But the point is you go there, and not just that they have it and they can sell it to you, but they live this life of helping people, of guiding them, of giving them advice, of, you know, maybe saying, look, that might not be the best approach. Here's a better approach. Here's what will save you time, save you money, be longer lasting when you get the job done. And that's the point. It's not just a place that sells hardware where some people work. It's the house of expertise on these things. Since 1851, Pensacola Hardware has been helping people build, rebuild, and remodel Pensacola right downtown at 20 East Gregory Street. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. 
It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N info.com. Hey guys, I'm Nicole Stacy. There are more things to do in our area than you can even imagine. So who better to share the adventure of the Pensacola experience than the team at Visit Pensacola? Share with us your experience by using the hashtag experiencepeakola. Go to visitpensacola.com and listen in Friday at 9.30 on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support. Datarevs.com. Dependable traffic on the fives with local news at the top and bottom of each hour on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. I I, I love snarky listeners <laughs> y'all have such a dear place in my heart and somebody texted and said what do you think the over under is on how many school board members know the meaning of solipsism <laughs> that's funny uh you know, it could be i mean you know they're educated people you never know what people have encountered in their lives um yeah i mean if i had to bet i would bet my my my, my top best bet would be patty hightower just, you know, I mean, it could be any of them. You never know. Five, that's funny, though. I love you all. 527, David DeWayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? And good morning. The EPA says it, it will be fining Norfolk Southern Railroad if they don't handle the cleanup in East Palestine, Ohio. The EPA also ordering Norf, Norfolk to attend community meetings since that uh, train derailed in on February 3rd. Those chemicals were burned off. Residents in that area complaining of all sorts of symptoms, rashes, sore throats, headaches, and nausea. The Biden administration proposing a new restriction on people seeking asylum. The protection would not be available to those who didn't apply before they entered Mexico. That proposal has to go through the uh, normal rulemaking process with public comment yet. And apparently this year, the Oscars are planning on taking some new steps in response to that slap incident last year. The uh, Academy CEO says this year they're going to have a rapid response team. Oh, my God. They're going to have ninja interveners. That's right. (laughs) It's needed. They got to have it. (laughs) 
That's just crazy. I, I was I was starting to think like you know everybody in the front row is going to be tied down. <laughs> you know what is what is the defense going to be? I mean, at a certain point, you just have to let people be people. Put them up behind a bulletproof glass. You know, bodyguards. I don't know, electrified fence. Well, it just, as, <laughs> as we know, plexiglass solves all problems. It does. It does. So. <laughs> yeah, really, the whole world is different because of uh, plexiglass. Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. Five twenty eight on News Radio ninety two three. Uh, what else do we have going on? Um, oh. This is interesting. Uh, I've been playing with ChatGPT. That's the AI. D- David, are you still there? I don't know if your your mic is still on. Have you have you tried the ChatGPT? Like, have you signed up for it? It's really you just, I have not. You sign up, you give them your email and your phone number, and then you can play. Uh, Gracie, have you done ChatGPT? Have you played with I the AI? I haven't, but I've seen what it can do. David, you would love it. I, okay, so I will I will tell you this. Um, put aside a half hour <laughs> and just ask it some random weird question. Uh, I, I think the, oh yeah, I know what I asked. I asked it about cultural appropriation. Give me three arguments for and against. Cause there's a topic we're going to talk about later that deals with this boom zip in a minute. Done. I mean, like instantly as I was watching it, it produced them articulate, thoughtful, the top three on each side. Exactly right. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> and, 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 and then, so I said to my son, who's big into tank. Oh, and then I asked it, what was its, um, what was its favorite, uh, AI villain in a movie? Like we talked about yesterday, you know, I said, well, as a, you know, as a uh, language feature, I don't have favorites and preferences, but these are the most popular three. And it gave like Hal and Skynet and, you know, Agent Smith. I asked my son, I said, give him a question about, um, I don't know, some obscure question about tanks. And he's like, well, what's the right place to hit a Leopard 2 tank if you're fighting with this? And it gave him an answer. Well, here I go down a rabbit hole. There you go. That's it. Give yourself some time. What do you have coming up, David? There's a shooting last night on Mobile Highway. Also, some new Grant Riders on the job in Pensacola. More after Fox. News. I'm Chris Foster. President Biden in Warsaw, Poland today is meeting with leaders of allies known as the Bucharest Nine. The leaders President Joe Biden is meeting represent countries either allied to Moscow during the Cold War or part of the USSR itself. The White House says President Biden will reaffirm U.S. support for all NATO members. His other big meeting is with NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg. Fox's Jonathan Savage. The Biden administration is proposing new limits on who can seek asylum in the United States. The proposed immigration rule would take effect in May and presumes one is ineligible for asylum if they enter the country illegally, stating migrants are encouraged to avail themselves of lawful, safe, orderly pathways to enter the U.S. or otherwise seek asylum or protection in other countries through which they travel. Fox's Jessica Rosenthal. Seattle is the first city banning discrimination based on caste, a form of social hierarchy practiced in some South Asian communities. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531. It's News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. 70 cloudy skies right now in Pensacola. One person taken to the hospital after being shot in the leg at a convenience store on Mobile Highway last night. The Escambia County Sheriff's Office says that happened near Trisha's one stop. The victim says he heard a loud noise, then realized he'd been shot. He took himself to the hospital. Deputies say they responded to the hospital to investigate what happened, but report that the victim was not being cooperative. The city of Pensacola now beefing up its economic development engine. Mayor D.C. Reeves says uh, that yesterday was the first day on the job for senior grant writer Joel Holland and grants and special projects coordinator Kevin Boyer. That was something that we've talked about since before uh, swearing in that this was a priority for us and especially after our visit to Tallahassee and hearing all of the programs coming through. Uh, this is going to be a vital, vital need for us, not only 
for the city of Pensacola, but it helps us put the people in the best positions to be successful. And Mayor Reeves says they'll be teaming up with the city's department heads to seek and apply for various grant opportunities. They'll join Erica Gran Canola, who last week moved over from the airport to become the city's new economic development director. Mardi Gras season's over now, and uh, the Order of Myths wrapped it up in Mobile last night. Hundreds of thousands of people turned out for the final parade of the season there. Mobile police say the total for the entire season will probably top over a million people. The man charged in the fatal shooting of an Okaloosa County deputy has formally entered his plea. Timothy Price Williams is pleading not guilty to first-degree murder in the death of Corporal Ray Hamilton, who was fatally shot on Christmas Eve during a standoff when deputies responded to a domestic violence call. According to Channel 3, his attorneys requested a jury trial and plan to discuss the death penalty at his next hearing on March 21st. On February 6th, State Attorney Ginger Madden announced they would seek the death penalty following a review of the case by a committee. The 43-year-old Price Williams is also charged with the attempted murder of three other officers. And that's News Radio's Joe Ford reporting there. SpaceX now preparing for a mission that will send four new crew members to the International Space Station. The Crew-6 mission scheduled to launch from the Kennedy Space Station uh, Sunday morning just after 2 a.m. Eastern Time. On board will be two NASA astronauts, one Russian cosmonaut, and for the first time, a long-duration astronaut from the United Arab Emirates. The crew will arrive at the International Space Station on Monday and return to Earth six months later. It is 5:34 at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather. Warm and humid weather will continue today with a high near 78 degrees. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 69 degrees. We're going to stay warm for your Thursday with highs possibly reaching 80 degrees. Lows Thursday night near 68. Warm weather continues for Friday. High near 80 degrees Friday afternoon with low near 67. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. And right now, cloudy skies. It's 70 degrees in Pennsylvania. Pensacola, 69 in Gulf Breeze, 70 in Milton. Your next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. What is News Radio 92.3? Informative, local, and dependable news from WEAR-TV and the News Radio News Team. Informative, local, and dependable talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi. Informative, local, and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 92.3 is. Informative, local, dependable. Hey, when your heater kicked on this season, did you get that awful burning smell? That smell is its accumulated dust and mold. The heater burns this nasty stuff off, and then the blower pushes it up into the ductwork. If you or your loved ones have allergies or breathing concerns, you know what I'm talking about. This is Todd St. Oars from Gulf Coast Air Care. We are the indoor air quality specialists. We have helped people for years with poor indoor air quality and air duct problems. At Gulf Coast Air Care, we can diagnose your issues and help you and your family be healthier, more comfortable, Plus, get a lower power bill. A clean furnace and heater and a clean and sealed duct system is the key to a healthy indoor environment. We can do a home performance test and inspection for you and show you exactly where the problem was located. And guess what? We do the repair work, too. Call us at Gulf Coast Air Care at 934-2768 or on the Internet at gulfcoastaircare.com. Get it, Sarah. Serious cleaning, Gulf Coast Air Care. 
This is a test of emergency alert system. This is only a test. Do you want better health? Not the gym or diets. Think of the one thing that everyone has in common that's the foundation of your body, your bones. You need OsteoStrong. OsteoStrong, it's not a gym, diet, supplements, pharmaceuticals, or a medical treatment. It's a scientifically backed concept with proven technology to help you improve your overall health. OsteoStrong helps many improve bone density, posture, balance, athletic performance, and less joint and back pain. Call OsteoStrong today and start feeling better in Pensacola and Gulf Breeze. This is Paul Epstein with Running Wild. Join me today at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Discover why we at Running Wild are the running and fitness experts in the Pensacola and Fairhope communities specializing in fitting you in the best shoe, apparel, and training for your unique needs. We pride ourselves on serving, training, and encouraging you to reach your goals. So bring your questions today at 10. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Listen to Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade interview the latest newsmakers and cover the biggest national stories. Weekdays 11 to 1 on News Radio 923. Good morning, 538 here on News Radio 92.3. Warm today. Woohoo. <laughs> I mean, it's warm now. It's like 69 or 70, and it's just going to keep getting warmer. So happy February. Yesterday, we had a chance to talk to Escambia County Sheriff Chip Simmons. Sheriff, welcome back to the show, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Hey, great. Always good to have you. Let's start with this, something that happened that started within the city of Pensacola, but moved its way out into the county. We had a, I guess it was a car th- theft a truck theft at a circle k that the you know the owner of the truck left the truck running apparently and then when somebody took off with his truck he decided to solve this problem by jumping in the bed of the truck and then the guy started shooting at him and eventually he jumped out and nobody was hurt thank goodness but then this wound up crossing into the county where you guys got involved right right yeah um you know the the victim in this case and again we don't want to necessarily shame or blame the victim but i mean you can't leave your car unlocked and running with a gun in it you know, and if you wanted your car so bad that you're desperate enough to jump in the back of a pickup truck, uh, you probably should just lock it. Here you go. <laughs> Turn it off. Lock it. However, okay, we, can, uh, we can also say that sometimes in the heat of an unexpected circumstance, citizens will make the maybe the unideal choice. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't try to, try to retrieve my car. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm my, what I'm saying Chip, is, Chip I would Simmons is I different would, from Citizen I X. Stop that! I'll try to <laughs> try to lock my car door. But that, be that as it may, it doesn't give anyone the right to to steal your car. Right. So uh, the suspect gets in the car, drives away. Victim jumps in the back, and suspect finds a gun in the car, as my understanding, and then fires a shot or two at the victim. So we're dealing with a, a, a obvious dangerous person. I mean, this guy's stealing cars, using guns. Um, and, and he needs to be stopped. So our deputies, doing a great job that they do, uh, found the car because uh, obviously we work very well with Pensacola Police Department, and the uh, description was, was broadcast. We Our deputies were on the spot, found him, tried to stop him, and as criminals do, didn't want to stop until we uh, forced the stop, if you will. 
so we, we, we turned him a little bit, turned the car a little bit, bumped it, because uh, we had to get this guy off the street. And then ultimately he, he tried to get away, but we arrested him. So yeah, I, you'll probably talk a little bit to um, the PPD about the actual circumstance, but I'm just, I'm just telling you that uh, you know, you're a bad guy, you're using guns, uh, try to get away, we're gonna do what we can to stop you. So we arrested 40-year-old Aubrey Grandison. And, and, you know, you and I have talked many times about chase policy and how it, it seemed like for a while you guys were much more on the, you know, let them go catch them later, you know, because chasing is inherently risky to everybody. But more recently, you've been involved in more chases. Have you made a departmental shift in your thinking about whether it's appropriate to go ahead and pit the cars and get them done right now? Well, you know, one of the first things I did when I was elected sheriff was we take a look at our pursuit policy. You know, I was over operations, but I wasn't over the agency. Um, and and I, we started looking at some of these things. And what was happening is we noticed that some of the same people kept running and they and they felt like they were they were free to just run. And if they if they did that, that we wouldn't pursue them. So we still have a set criteria. I, I had a meeting again last week with my lieutenants, and I told them if, if, if there's a bona fide threat to the, to the community, then you stop the car. And if you can, if you can chase the car, you can what we call pit the car. You know, uh, to try to turn the car and get it stopped as quickly as you can, because my my intent is to stop them quickly so that they don't endanger. Uh, the citizens of Escambia County and and our guys have done a, a fantastic job with that and again that's not to say that there are chases that we won't engage in I mean our lieutenants have the the authority to cancel a chase and and I won't criticize them over that but I also tell them that uh, there's a cost of doing business and if it's a, a dented fender or two we're going to get these felons off the street and I, th I think that's what you're seeing you know we see uh, football teams continuously do ways of celebrating like great defensive plays you know and uh, we saw like the the jokes online with the f-22 raptor that had the picture of the balloon on the I, I feel like there's got to be a little sticker for successful pit maneuvers that maybe can go on the side of the cruiser are we yeah well, you know, I mean, I, th I think in any profession, if you're good at something and you do your job, then there's a little bit of a, a satisfaction there. I'll, I'll leave it at that. All right, all right, fair and enough. I can tell you, having been in a in that in that car seat, uh, when you've got a bona fide bad guy yeah. that that needs to get off the street, uh, there is an adrenaline there. That there, there is a, um, a you know an attempt at at making your community safer, and and that's what you want to do. I, I don't I don't want to make it sound like there's no danger involved because these are people with guns. Sure, you know, they're, they're, these are people that. If, if, if the chase goes wrong, can, can get the, you know, can end up in a spot will put you, your life in, in danger. And that happens uh, at times in law enforcement. But you know what? Uh, our, our men and women are out there day and night and, and, and they're risking their lives and, they're, and they're, they're doing what they think and what we all think is better for the community. This might be sort of a detail-y question, but because you and I have talked about this so much recently and, you know, we've talked about bump fenders and, you know, having a you know, buff out some dents and, you know, fix. I mean, it can be a, a fairly substantial amount of damage to cars. And it makes me wonder, do police vehicles, sheriff's vehicles, I don't think ours do, but you tell me, I mean, is there some kind of a enhancement or package that would allow them to do that without damaging the car? As in some kind of a bumper guard or an enhance, you know, like, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think about movies, but there's all kinds of things you can put on the external of cars. And it seems like this is happening enough. Maybe it's more cost effective to, 
amp up the car's capabilities rather than always having to fix them later. Well, I think coincidentally, we we have we have um, upgraded our, the strength of our bumpers. Oh, okay. If, I don't know if you've noticed it, but some of our newer cars, especially, have not just a push, you know, little push bumpers on it. They have a wrap around what we call wrap, what I call a wrap around bumper. So if you're going to engage in this this type of thing, and and again, we'd rather everyone stop. Right. You know, we rather we, first of all, we'd rather them not be a criminal. And if you're going to be a criminal, you need to stop. Um, in the past, what the, what what they've done is they've tried to again run a red light or a stop sign, and they think they're being cute, um, but uh, in their desperation. But but we're we're not we're not you know we're not playing with these guys, and uh, we're going to do what we can to stop it because you are a danger to our to our community, and we're not going to have any of it. It's one of the other cases uh, that happened in the last couple of days is you had a uh, home invasion suspect who wound up being captured, I think in conjunction with a couple of other agencies uh, over on uh, Lise Way, I believe is how you say. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I call it a leasey way. That's, okay. Uh, I guess is about the same. Um, yeah, we picked up a home invasion battery suspect um, after we served a warrant at, at uh, the home that this individual was in. We worked with um, a, a marshal's task force. You know, we're, we're part of a group that um, if, if there are people that we've always wanted to get off the street or someone maybe from some other jurisdictions in town, uh, the sheriff's office, the Pensacola Police Department, marshal service will, will join together and go knock on these doors and sometimes kick in these doors and, and get these bad guys. So we were able to get um, 18-year-old Joseph Sanders uh, and take him into custody after he barricaded himself inside the, the house. But uh, that doesn't necessarily work. If we have a warrant on you um, and the judge orders us to take you into custody, if it's a felony, if it's something very serious, um, then then we will uh, we'll do what we can to take you into custody. Very good. One of the questions that I had been asked to ask you, and I wanted to do it, is because uh, you obviously saw this horrible story in Ohio with the train derailment and you know concerns about you know these dangerous materials and all of the things surrounding that. We've had things like this in Escambia County, not to that degree, but we've had you know some minor uh, and sometimes not so minor incidents with trains. Does the sheriff's office and or the county, do you guys ever do drills on response to like these hazmat situations or train derailments? I know you train for all kinds of stuff. Is that something that you guys have focused on ever? Yeah, we have uh, tabletop exercises. We have, uh, you know, real life, uh, lifelike uh, training opportunities. And sometimes it's about a hurricane. Sometimes it's about a plane crash. Sometimes it is about a, a train derailment or a chemical type of a crash. Uh, we work very well with the Scammy County uh, Emergency Management, and really, our our, our um, responsibility or our response would be, you know, to do our best to set the perimeter, mm -hmm. you know, because we're typically the first ones that can arrive on the scene, and we can maybe let people know where it's going to be and 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 get them out of there. And from that point on, we would work very closely with with the fire uh, service and. Uh, you know, in mercy management, and pretty much that they would be responsible for for taking over that type of scene. We would just be in a supporting role. But we, yes, the answer is we do have training. But uh, I will tell you that how do you how do you train for something like that? You know, sure. how, how do you train for a Pensacola NES terrorist attack? You you do what you can. You 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 imagine what if this happened? What if that occurred? Uh, but nothing ever goes exactly according to plan. So you have to be able to. What I'm trying to say is, you have to be able to improvise. You have to be able to. Um, you have to change, change. Uh, you know, plans and be flexible. And and you know, part of the challenge in that case is you're going to have citizens who are going to need to be evacuated from their homes, and you got to let them know. And I mean, there's all there's a lot to it. And I was just kind of curious what level of preparation y'all had for that. The other one is uh, big news. You guys got certified to run your own training academy. 
That's yeah. it. That to me is huge news. I, I tell you, anyone that's been in law enforcement for a while, certainly in the local area, to me that's that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since I was a, a a young police officer, I actually went and uh, to Corrections Academy and Police Academy at Pensacola then Junior College, and and I always wondered why the agency didn't have their own because what happens is. Um, to have a regional area, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, casting any shade on anyone that we've used in the past. They've, they've obviously trained me and, and and the men and women that have been working at the sheriff's office for decades. Right. But but you know, you 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 train a generic sort of law enforcement, and if if we were to use our own, and we're going to now have our own training academy, then we can train on our own computers. We can train in our own cars. When you were handle, you know, traffic stops, you're you're using the cars we're going to use. You're using the tin codes that we use. You're using the computers and the in the radio traffic that we're using. Um, so we're very proud of the fact that it was no easy endeavor. Uh, we just feel like with, with the needs of the sheriff's office and and how quickly we need um, you know, to get our recruits because we're hiring very well. I mean, we, we mentioned a couple months ago that we were finally filled up and since then we've got some attrition, some small attrition, but um, what we want to make sure that we can accommodate the, the new recruits that we hire on a yearly basis, and that's what we're doing. We'll have our own full-time academy, probably start the first one uh, in early summer, and you'll see we look to have about a 20-person class. And um, we're very proud of the fact that, that, that we're able to do this. It's, we're going to be able to instill our own uh, philosophies and, and, and our own um, you know standards and, mm-hmm. and basically our, our courtesy, integrity, professionalism within our agency from day one until the day that they graduate and move right into our field training. Now, will it be? Are you only going to be training people that you have expect you expect to hire for the agency, or will you be training so that if they also wanted to be SR, you know, Santa Rosa or you know Okaloosa or PPD or something like that, is it exclusively like an in-house pipeline for your own employees, or would it be both? The plan is to have our to hire the individuals and then put them through as okay. a sheriff's deputy, and then put or a cadet and put them through our training academy. Okay. Now um, we're we're certified in law enforcement. We're not certified in, in corrections. We we at this point don't have any need, okay. you know, for a corrections academy. But um, we are a law enforcement academy, and that's not to say that we can't, um, you know, if if. Pensacola Police Department or, or Santa Rosa County has a need for someone to get them in the program quickly, then, then we would obviously work with them, and, and, and I would not, uh, certainly would, couldn't say no to our, our law enforcement partners, but the plan is to hire and to train our Skamey County Sheriff's deputies. How, how Are there other agencies in the state that do this already? Are there very many? We are, we are the sixth agency. Florida wow. Highway Patrol always does, has done yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, recently, though, there, there's it's we've become to come to realize that it's 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 good for us to be able to train you know again on our own uh, our sure. own platforms and realistically our our facilities are second to none. We I mean the range we just put well over a million dollars into a, a new range and uh, a, a tower a range tower and we have a shoot house up up there. We have our own um, you know the, the training mats for PT and stuff at our agency. And uh, we have a, a, a relationship with the Navy that allows us to, the the, um, the driving range. So we have uh, everything in-house that we need to put a, a top-notch uh, professional training training together. Great. And it makes perfect sense that, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to just train on your stuff from the start rather than to get generically trained cadet and then retrain and start training on the specifics for your ages. That makes perfect yeah. sense. Very, very cool. You've also got an event coming up April 15th, Cops, Cars, and Crawfish. I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about that later when we get a little bit closer to it, but just to kind of put it on people's radar right now. Escambia Sheriff Chip Simmons, as always, sir, thank you for the time and thanks for what you do to keep us safe, man. I appreciate it. You bet. Take care.
Absolutely. 551 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Hey, if you've got a nice luxury car, you paid an extra penny for that import, you know, whether it's a Mercedes, a Porsche, a Beamer, a Jaguar, a Lexus, all right, you know, you do pay more to get them. You don't have to pay more to work on them, to have the basic maintenance done. You can take it to Bobby Likas Auto Service. They work on those cars all the time. You don't have to go to the dealership. A lot of people think that you've got to go to the dealership. You do not have to go to the dealership. Um, and, you know, the dealership is going to be a little bit more expensive. It's perhaps going to be farther away if it's in Mobile. Uh, you can go right here to Bobby Likas. They take care of those cars all the time. Diesel engines, same thing. No problem. They work on those cars all the time. Not everybody loves to work on them because they're a little bit different, okay? But they work on them no sweat. The philosophy is they want to see you for the little things, the routine preventative little things regularly so that you don't have to see them for the big catastrophic things when they happen. You want to prevent those things. That's actually what preventative maintenance is supposed to do. So it's in their website name, carclinicservice.com. The philosophy is a healthcare clinic for your car. They were rated a 2021 Carfax top-rated service center, average reviews of four and a half or above. Bobby Likas Auto Service right here on Davis Highway. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru. The men and women here at Anderson Subaru are committed to the Subaru love promise, a promise between us and our communities, a promise to make the Gulf Coast a better place to live, to work, and to play. And we're proud of what we've accomplished. From our ongoing support of the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association and Ascension Sacred Heart to volunteering with Feeding the Gulf Coast, we've conducted clothing drives for loaves and fishes and charity auctions for Gulf Coast Kids House, and we support Sherwood Elementary School in multiple ways. We're committed to the pets in our communities too by supporting dog adoption events with Phoenix Rising Rescue, Barktoberfest with Pensacola Humane Society, and Potty Gras with Wolfgang Park and Brews. And the love continues through donations, volunteering, and monetary support. Anderson Subaru is making a difference in the lives of our neighbors and our community. The Subaru Love Promise. That's a promise we intend to keep at Anderson Subaru Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Trying to find a great steak for dinner? At Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli, you'll find a selection of specialty and exotic meats from choice to Wagyu, great briskets, pork, and all the seasonings to go with it. All cut to order at Costello's. From fine wine to cheeses and desserts, even boar's head lunch sandwiches made fresh from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And free lunch for the kiddos, too. So for the best meats, top deli items, and Italian family hospitality, it's got to be Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli, a great place to meet up and wine all you want on the west side of Pensacola. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing. These are words you hear a lot about in today's world, but what exactly do they mean? How do you get started? Where do you get started? Well, you can start by tuning in to the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow morning at 9. Join me, Tasca King, and I'll show you how to navigate the changing and fast-growing landscape of digital advertising. That's tomorrow at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Are you curious about marijuana? Florida A&M University established the Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, also known as MARI, to educate the public about medical marijuana use as well as the detrimental health and social impacts of unlawful marijuana use on local communities. Find out more at mmeri.famu.edu. When you listen to News Radio 92.3 on Sundays, you get Christian Outlook at 7, Ask the Preacher at 8, Town Hall Review, Fox News Sundays a weekend, Tech It Out, and Gun Talk at 8. None of this ever happened, gentlemen. And I don't want to see any paperwork on this.
Good morning, 556 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Ben Scola Morning News. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Millions of Americans under winter weather alerts. A big storm stretching more than 20 states moving across the country right now. Uh, the National Weather Service says people all the way from the West Coast to the Northeast can expect a lot of snow today. Meanwhile, in Florida, it's going to be 80 today, so that's awesome. Uh, environmental activist Aaron Brockovich telling people in East Palestine, Ohio, to look out for themselves. Brockovich urging citizens in the town where a train derailment unleashed toxic chemicals earlier this month not to wait for a statement from the city or Norfolk Southern Railroad. And a new survey out says more than 7% of adults in the U.S. identify as LGBTQ, but people 25 and younger apparently really driving up those numbers. Uh, The Gallup survey reports that 19.7% of Gen Z Americans are identifying as some form of LGBTQ plus. I don't know. There's too many letters to really. Uh, well, it depends you who know. you ask on which day, which letters are included. Yeah. I mean, the truth of it is that. So, all right. So what'd you say? 7% overall, 7%. 19% for Gen Z? Yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do I want to comment on this? Yeah. That is a lot. Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. Yeah. So look, um, in a culture that says blank is good, normal, and acceptable, more people will participate in that thing. In a culture which says blank is not good, not acceptable, not normal, fewer people will participate in that thing. I don't think I'm making any wild, crazy, spiffball hypothesis when I say this. The notion, we have all kinds of dumb ideas about sexuality and orientation. It's just, it is far more uh, variable, it is far more fluid, it is far more adaptive than most people are willing to even consider. And the notion that it is the notion that it is simply a product of uh, choice, that's clearly not true. The idea that it is simply a product of innate biology is clearly not true. I mean, that's clearly not true for sexual identity. Otherwise, trans persons wouldn't have been just like kind of work these things out. They don't make any sense. Um, But the idea that it is a mixture of all of the above and therefore cultural influences, what is viewed as taboo, what is viewed as normal, what is um, taught to people as being acceptable will, of course, shape (laughs) will, of course, shape this. And so the notion that all you're doing when you treat these behaviors or desires or identities or preferences, you know, there's all any of that. uh, When you simply treat these things like when the culture approves and allows that all you're doing is bringing out what was already natural in there. No, false lie. But the idea that you can completely eradicate any of this stuff or all of this stuff by having a culture which is hostile to it also not true (laughs) there's just there's so little honesty about this subject if anything proves that culture can have a significant influence on how people align with these various things that evidence is right there david just gave it to you listen on air at 92.3 95.3 and am 1620 news radio 92.3 wnrp golf breeze milton pensacola